0: You are listening to the Sermon Podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. If you haven't noticed, we've been sort of preaching our way through the Gospel of Matthew this year. And right now, we come to the very heart of the Gospel of Matthew. We're right toward the middle, and this is kind of the point where everything changes. Last week, we read about Peter making this life-changing statement. Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that changes everything. And now this week, this Sunday, it's Jesus' turn. Matthew tells us that from this point forward, Jesus began to tell the disciples that he was going to need to suffer, that he was going to go to Jerusalem and even die on the cross, and that he would be raised on the third day. Peter announced who the Messiah was And now, Jesus is announcing what the Messiah would do. And Peter did not like that. The disciples did not like that. So Peter spoke for the disciples, as he often does in the Gospels. He spoke for everyone. He says, No way, Jesus! There is no way we are going to let you Suffer and die. You are our friend. You are our teacher, our leader. You are healing. You are feeding. You are teaching. You are supposed to win. You're supposed to conquer. You're supposed to set up the kingdom of God. So stop talking all of this nonsense about defeat and losing and suffering and dying. Because that is what it is. It's nonsense. Suffering is nonsense to us. Does suffering ever make sense to us? It did not make sense to Peter then. And it makes about as much sense to us today. In fact, uh, there are many Christians who want to take Jesus off of that cross just like Peter did. They are offended by it. They don't like the idea of the Son of God suffering for us. Some have even said that this would make God a child abuser. So they don't like it. They say, no way, Jesus. Far be it for us to let that happen. We won't let it happen get out of my way, is Jesus' response. He even calls Peter Satan. Just a few verses earlier, uh, Jesus had called Peter blessed. Blessed are you, Peter, son of Simon, for this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And now he says, get out of my way, Satan. Now it's helpful to know that Satan in Hebrew means accuser and Peter was accusing Jesus of getting everything wrong. You have it all wrong. You you don't need to die to save the world. Why not just keep doing what you've been doing? Why not just keep healing? Keep teaching? Let's take Jerusalem and let's, let's be the ones in charge. Let's get a following. We can make this happen. So, Peter was being used by the enemy of God, the enemy of life and salvation, to tempt Jesus. This is why Jesus says, you are a hindrance to me. That's what the English Standard Version says. Uh, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. Now, some translations, I think, have it a little bit better. I like the New International Version here. Jesus says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. But I even like best the old King James. So this is how they would have said it 400 years ago. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. The Greek word that stands behind all of these translations is this, skandalon. It's a cause to stumble, an offense. From this word, we have the English word for scandal. The cross is the real scandal here. It is the real stumbling block. It is the real offense. That's what trips people up. When John the Baptist was languishing in prison a few chapters earlier, I think chapter nine, when he began to suffer for Jesus, when he began to bear his own cross, he started to doubt, so he sent word to Jesus' people. He said, are you the Messiah or are we to wait for someone else? The implication was, if you're the Messiah, why am I in prison? Why am I suffering? Jesus, his response was, Tell him what you see. The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the dead are raised, the poor have the good news preached to them. But then he concluded with this, and I think this is very interesting. He says this, Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. That's that same Greek word there, scandalizo, to be scandalized, to be offended, to be offended that the way of salvation would involve injustice, would involve the suffering of the Messiah, the Son of God. That can't be. That is a stumbling block. I cannot accept that. The gospel is a stumbling block to many. It is offensive, it is unacceptable. Paul spoke about this, uh, the cross being offensive, he said, "It's absurd to, to Jews and to Gentiles, which means all people. He said it very clearly, First Corinthians, "For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified." A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. What is the Greek word there for that? Of course it's the same, skandalon. Peter was scandalized. He was offended by Jesus saying that he was going to suffer. He was going to die for Peter's sins and for your sins. And Peter would have none of it. So he then becomes the stumbling block to Jesus. He tried to push Jesus off course to make him stumble, push him off track. So Jesus says, Peter, your mind is on things below. It's not on things above. So listen to this now. If you you haven't been listening up to this point, start listening right here. When we are offended by God, or offended by God's word, or offended by his teachings, when we are offended by the cross, for example, Jesus' suffering on our behalf. This is, by the way, this is what theologians call vicarious atonement. When we are offended by these things, we stand in Peter's shoes, in his sandals, whatever they were. We have the best of intentions, but our minds are on earthly things instead of on the things of God. Because when our minds are set on earthly things, we fail to grasp the extent of God's love for us. God's love for our neighbors, and even God's love for our enemies. We are offended by a suffering savior who would suffer even for a jihadi, even for a terrorist, even for a murderer or a child abuser. How could there be a savior who would suffer even for them? I'm offended by that. So this gets to the real scandal the biggest scandal of them all, the biggest stumbling block or offense in the whole world is this. It is the love of God. When we cannot accept the cross or accept the suffering Savior or accept the vicarious atonement, Jesus being punished on our behalf, when we cannot accept those things, it is because we cannot accept that God's love would be that great that Jesus could, or would, or should die for the sins of the whole world, but he did. So I think Peter's heart was in the right place. He was trying to protect a friend, trying to protect a teacher. The man that he had seen do so much good, he had helped so many people. Peter loved Jesus, but Peter didn't love you. He didn't love me, because he didn't know us. In that moment, Peter was thinking of the here and the now. He was only thinking of his teacher, his friend. He was thinking only of himself. Peter was thinking in a very worldly way. But in that moment, Jesus saw the whole stretch of history. And he saw you, and he saw me. And he loved us. He saw all people everywhere. He saw everyone's need, desperate need for a savior. So did Jesus use harsh and strong language when he rebuked Peter? Yeah, he sure did. And he did so because he loves you that much. He wasn't going to allow anyone to be a stumbling block to his path to our salvation. So uh, where does that leave us? I want to emphasize two things for you to take home. Well, really one thing. Here's the most important thing. The first thing is this. It leaves us loved by Christ. That's your take home. You are loved by Him. Now secondly, we recognize that it is our calling to forsake the here and the now in order to have our hearts set on eternity. And when you do that, it gives you a whole different perspective on suffering. Everything looks different, but especially suffering looks different. Forsake the here and the now in order to focus on eternity. And by the way, this is another way of saying, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Now, if you're not sure what that means for you personally, then I have a suggested prayer for you. And if you pray this prayer, then don't be surprised when God actually changes your life. So I, I, I give these prayers with a warning attached. Don't pray them if you don't want things to change. I call them firecracker prayers. Okay, because they're dangerous. Might explode in your hand. So if you're worried, don't listen for the next 20 seconds. Now here's the two prayers I have for you. Firecracker prayer number one. God, please show me some areas in my life where I need to deny myself. And firecracker prayer number two, God, show me how I may take up my cross and follow Jesus today. Again, warning, okay? Please do not pray that prayer if you don't want things to happen in your life. So this is our progression. We move like Peter. We begin as offended people. We are scandalized. And then we move toward accepting and knowing the extent of the love of Christ for us. And finally, we move toward taking up our own cross and following him. That is that journey that Peter took. We see it so clearly in the Gospels. And that's the the journey that we are called to as well as believers in Christ. Amen.